Read along with me, please. As you don't have to read out loud, but just follow along with me as I read it. <clears throat> the scripture says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, Paul says, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not, now you want to catch this because he says this many, many times. No, the word know or knowing or know ye not, he uses over and over in this chapter. So he's wanting us to know something here. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him uh, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let's all say newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of of his resurrection knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of the of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin now if we be dead with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves, or present yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin, because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness." But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to unrighteous uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now, Yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 
But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your faith, your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you today. We thank you for your word. Lord, we are hungry, God, to live the way that you would have us to live. I thank you, Lord, for the people that have come and assembled together today, God, that they might hear from your word and know what living the Christian life is about. I pray for those, God, that are out in the world. Yes, having heard the truth, but not following after righteousness and not serving God, but serving their own hearts and their own desires, God, and serving the world. I pray for them right now, in Jesus' name, God, that you would awaken their hearts, that they might return unto thee, O God. Dear Lord, stir their hearts wherever they might be right now, God. You know every person, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, to pray for them. We know that you care for them, that you love them, God. Turn them around, God, we pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that they might yield their lives, God, as servants to God. And, Lord, that we might also walk in the way that you would have us to go in Jesus' name. Be controlled by your spirit. Be governed by your commands, God. Be led by your word. God, we give ourselves to you right now, God. We give our hearts, we give our minds, we give our thoughts, God, to you right now, Lord. We ask, God, that you'd speak to us through your word. It is your divine word, God. And we thank you, Lord, for it today, God. It is your authority. It is you who has given it. And God, we simply teach it and seek to follow it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We have been talking about the righteousness of God that has been given to us by faith. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't just die for our sin. Praise the Lord. He died so that we could be free from sin. Not just for it, but so that we could be free from sin. And in the sixth chapter, this is talking about is sanctification. You've heard that long word, sanctification, simply means to be set apart unto God. So we are alive unto God today. We are dead to sin, but sin is not dead to us. You understand that? We are dead to sin, but sin is not dead to us. And that's why we have this chapter here. Because if sin was dead to us, then we would, we would not have any influence at all that we would have to watch and keep from falling into this trap called sin. This chapter is talking about who are we controlled by. Who are we controlled by? Are we controlled by the old sin nature or are we controlled by a new nature. We controlled by God. The scripture tells us, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Because, you know, now we've been made righteous by the work of God. God has saved us. 
by his death, by his burial, and by his resurrection, we are saved. We didn't save ourselves by our own goodness. We were saved by what he has done. Whenever, and we talked about Adam last week, we talked about Christ being the last Adam. And Adam, the first Adam, we're talking about the old age. We're talking about the old world. We're talking about the old society, and that society is still in, his, in existence today. There are still people who are under the old Adam. They're still living in the old age. They're still controlled by sin. They, got, they have the wrath of God resting upon them because of their sin. They are lost without God, and they're still in the world today under the first Adam. But we have come as a church underneath a new head, a new race. We are a new race of people. We are a new society. We are the church of the living God. We have a new nature, the nature of Jesus himself. And he has become the new head of a new family. We're that, that family. The old man, the old family is still under the old Adam. What I want you to understand is this. is When Adam took that, he reached up there and he grabbed a hold of that fruit. And he took it off of that tree and he ate that fruit. What did God say the name of that tree was? It was the tree of the knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. It wasn't just the tree of the knowledge of evil. We have to remember that. God says it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So that because when Adam reached up there and he grabbed that fruit, he, he took that fruit. When he sinned against God, he disobeyed God when God said, don't take that fruit. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. When Adam took that fruit, he didn't just learn about bad or evil and get a sin nature. He also received knowledge about what is right. So when I look at people in this world today, they can be very, very good individuals. But still be under the control of the devil. Jesus, when he walked this earth, he walked among religious people, the scribes and the Pharisees, and he told them, ye are of your father, the devil. And they would be the ones that you would consider as the good people, the religious people, right? But God said, Jesus said, you are under the control of the devil. So just because a person does good doesn't mean that they are right with God. There are good, moral people in this world who don't know Jesus Christ, who have not been saved. And they do good things because they know in doing those good things that it's going to benefit them. And men will do bad things also when they think that the bad things are going to benefit them. So mankind is not totally you know, I'm talking about mankind apart from, from Jesus, is not totally evil because they've got a knowledge of good and evil. Praise the Lord. The Scripture says, what shall we say? Shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? You know, God saved us by His grace, the unmerited favor of God. I'm redeemed by His blood. He died for my sin. I'm a child of God. So, does that mean because I'm a child of God that now I can just go out having been saved and live in my old ways? 
can I live like I used to live if I'm truly a child of God? That the grace of God may abound, which means that the more I sin, the more God forgives me. And because the more God forgives me, His grace is abounding. So the more that I do wrong, doesn't, doesn't that glorify God if His grace keeps abounding towards me? That's the philosophy that some people say. You know, they give, them, give people a license to sin because now you're a child of God and you, you, know, you can live like you used to live and still be saved. One man picked up a, a hitchhiker one time and he was a preacher. I don't know what particular persuasion he was. But he started witnessing to this hitchhiker, and he started telling this hitchhiker about the Lord, you know. And this hitchhiker, his whole mindset and purpose was to get 100, down, 100 miles down the road. That was all he was cared, that's all he cared about was getting to his destiny, 100, da 100 miles down the road. So this preacher started telling him about Jesus and, and preaching to him and witnessing to him, right? Before you knew it, that hitchhiker had bowed his head before God and, you know, so-called became a born-again believer. And that preacher told that man, he said, it doesn't matter what you do from now on in your life, you cannot be lost. Wrong. Paul just said, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. He said, away with the thought. Don't even think like that. Away with the thought. We're not once saved, always saved. Woo, come on. It's a race. It's a battle. It's a fight. If you're going to make it, God gave you the power. And he did the work that will enable you to make it into eternity. But you're going to have to live it to prove what you've got's real. If you don't live it, then what you got isn't real anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are not a servant to sin. We are no longer controlled by sin. Listen to me. If we allow sin in our life, we allowed it. We allowed it. Did you hear what I said? We allowed it. We knowingly knew that what we did was wrong, but we did it anyway. We allowed it. I'm talking about the Christian. The Christian is not overpowered by sin. You cannot be overpowered by sin. You choose your way of lifestyle. Come on. If you sin as a child of God, you do it knowingly and you do it willingly. And you can't say, oh, that old sin nature in me, or the, or the devil made me do it, or the sin nature in me made me do it. No. Paul says, you're dead to sin. If you sin, you do it because you want to do it. If I sin, I do it because I chose to do it. I used to try to witness a certain individual. You know, he was, he was a little older than I was, and he was religious, and he knew more of, about God than anybody. And I tried to talk to him about God, you know, because he knew more than anybody about God, and he was lost as he could be. And I'd sit down and I'd talk to him about getting right with God, getting born again. And here's what he would tell me. Well, everybody's got to sin a little bit, brother. Not according to the Word of God. You don't have to sin a little bit. 
Paul says, God forbid, away with that thought. And I looked at him and I said, brother, let me tell you something. You got it all wrong. We do not have to sin. You choose to. Amen. So Paul is saying in verse 2, he said, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? There, we are dead to sin. There has been a separation that has taken place. Now, when did that separation take place? When did the sin nature lose its control and lose its power in your and my life? You remember when you were in the world and you were living in sin? How that even if you wanted to do good, it seemed like you just did bad anyway? You were driven to do wrong things? You couldn't get the victory over bad habits that you knew were sin? You with me? I know what I'm talking about because I used to be an old man. And I know what it's like to try to want to be right with God, but that, that habit or that sin that's in my life overpowering me and dominating and controlling me. And wondering, God, how can I get the victory over this, this habit that I've got? How can I get the victory over this party lifestyle that I'm involved in? How can I get the victory over this bondage, God? Okay. Well, guess what? I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I did, the power of sin was broken in my life. I no longer had to struggle and try to overcome it in my own strength. You try to make up my mind that I'm not going to do that anymore. Because when I got baptized in Jesus' name, it gave me power. It broke those desires. God took those desires. And what happened was, is that there was a separation, a circumcision, the Bible calls it, inside of me. And the old sin nature was cut, and it no longer ruled and reigned and had power in me. Hallelujah. Come on, church. That's the gospel. Jesus, the Bible said, came to save us from our sin. He didn't come to save you in your sin. He came to save you from your sin. He didn't just die for my sin. He died so that I could live under Christ, victorious over sin. Come on, church. He said, look at this. How shall we that are dead to sin? We are dead to sin. The old sin nature no longer has power over us. But sin is not dead to you. Even though i got a new birth and I've got Jesus on the inside of me and I'm born again, there is still a nature in me. It's called a sin nature. So sin is not dead to me. you got to hear me. And sin is not dead to you. There is a part of you that is as evil and wicked as the devil himself. There is a part of me that is as evil and wicked as the devil himself. It's called the sin nature. And when you got born again, the sin nature didn't open the door and walk out of your life. You still got it on the inside of you. You hear me? So sin is not dead to you. You're dead to sin. We still got a sin nature. Praise God. Come on. So he says, verse 3, no, you're not. Listen, no, don't you know this? And I'm not, I'm not trying to come down on you here. I'm just trying to preach the truth. It says, know ye not 
Because everybody in this place can't say, uh, I don't fit this picture. Everybody in this place fits this picture, including this preacher. We all fit this picture. So he says, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. So when I got baptized in the name of Jesus, when you got baptized in the name of Jesus, you got buried with Christ. You were buried with him. And that old man, that old lifestyle that you used to live, guess what happened to that old corpse? That old corpse, you buried him in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you come up out of water, that old corpse, that old you, the way that you used to be was buried in that water. I don't want to carry an old stinking, rotten corpse around with me any longer. So what do I do to get rid of him? I've got to bury him. And I buried him. But you don't bury a person that's alive. You bury dead people. It's illegal to bury alive people. In the physical and in the spiritual, it's illegal. So how did I get dead so that I could be buried? I went to an altar and said, Lord, I'm dying to myself. I'm turning my life over to you. I'm no longer going to be in charge. I'm no longer going to call the shots. I'm no longer going to be the Lord and the King and the God of my life. I'm going to make you God, and I'm dying to my desires and to my will right now. I repent of my sin. I confess I'm a sinner. So when you went to an altar, you died to your old self. So when you truly die, that's when we're going to take you to the water and bury the old man. The problem is a lot of people haven't died in an altar, and we've taken them and baptized them alive. So that's, that's illegal. That's murder. When you bury somebody that's alive, you've murdered them. You with me? Mm. You bury dead people. You bury people that said, I'm no longer the one in charge. God, you're in charge now. I'm dying out. Lord, your will be done, not my will any longer. I relinquish my rights to my life, God. I give them to you. And we're just going to bury that old man. Hallelujah. Your old ways. Your old ways. The scripture says, verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. See, when I got baptized in Jesus' name, I came up out of that water. I've got a new life. I've got a new Lord. I'm a part of a new kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 5 says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Thank God. When I came up out of the water in the name of Jesus, I should have got the Holy Ghost right then. But it took me about six months to pray through the Holy Ghost. Because I just, I just would not yield to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. 
Six months later, thank God I went to it in front of the, into the front of the church. The man laid his hand on me. The power of God fell on me, and I spoke with tongues. So I didn't just get, didn't leave the old man buried and came up to rise in newness of life. Now he gave me his life. He filled me with his spirit. And now I've got power. I've got a new nature inside of me that is more powerful than that sin nature that's in me. Whew. So I identified myself with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ when I repented, was baptized in his name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the gospel. Thank God. Look at verse 6. Knowing this, he wants us to know something. Knowing this, that our old man, that's the old you. That's the old me. We're not talking about the sin nature there. We're talking about our old self. When you were in the world. When you were still under the first Adam. You were still in sin, unsaved, unregenerated, non-born again. You with me? Not in the kingdom of God. On your way to hell. The old man. That was, I've been there. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Hallelujah. Got to stay with me here. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The old man that was under the control of a sinful nature has to be liberated from that control. You can't counsel it out of a person. You can't talk an evil nature out of somebody. They've got to get a new nature on the inside. They've got to be transformed. They've got to be changed from inside. With me? People that go to Alcoholics Anonymous and they talk about a higher power and they go through these steps and stuff. Let me tell you something, friend. If they don't find God and get a new nature and become a new person, they can go right back into the same old lifestyle. Because there is no power to give them victory over that addiction. Come on, church. So I'm not talking about counseling sin. I'm talking about a complete new person. Aren't you glad that you can be brand new? You can be a new person? He said our old man was crucified with Christ. That's the only way you get rid of him is die. Death must take place to that old lifestyle. That's what, isn't that what the Word says? Okay. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. That means I'm no longer a servant and a slave to master called sin. Let's personify sin here. You know what? At one time I was a servant to Mr. Sin. He was my master. He called the shots. He controlled me. I not only had the capability of sin, but I was driven to do the wrong. I was pushed to do the wrong. I, there was a compulsion in me that made me do that sin nature. That was, I was a slave. You hear people say, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. I don't go to church. I don't live for God. I'm free to do what I want to do. You're not free at all. You are a slave. You are a slave to moments in time. Whatever you feel like doing, you do. You're a slave to those things. 
There's no such thing as true freedom. Only in Christ do you find true freedom. People say, I'm free to live like I want to live. You're a slave to bondage and sin. Sin is your master. Mr. Sin calls the shots in your life. He takes you by the hand and puts shackles on your arms and leads you down the path of unrighteousness and, and death and destruction. He's got you bound and you don't even know it. You're a slave to him. You're a slave to his whims and his desires and his passions. He drives you. You're, a, you're in bondage. Don't look at people out in the world and think, oh, man, they're, they're so happy. Look, they don't deal with the trials, and they don't battle like I do. And I'm trying to live for God. And I look at people in the world, and they look so free and so happy. They're not free. They're bound. They're slaves. They're servants in a world without Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Bible says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. I'm no longer a servant to Mr. Sin. He no longer controls my life. So now I've got a new master. I've got a new Lord. And he's in control. Jesus is in control. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. Praise God. This, we already have this. If you're a born again child of God, this is what you have. You have freedom from the sin nature and its control in your life. You're under the control of Jesus Christ. It is he says, know it. It's a fact. It's a truth. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. We as Christians walk by our feelings too much. So Paul says, let me tell you what you need to know. You need to know the truth. You need to know the facts that you are dead to sin if you're a child of God. And if you're dead to sin, how can you serve it at the same time? Praise the Lord. Come on, church. This is awesome, man. Free in Christ. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. Let's all say it's not a feeling. It's a fact. You know what? The Christian church, they come time after time to the house of God waiting for some experience. You know, the next experience that I experience is going to cause death to my desires and the sin nature. Come on, church. It's already happened. I'm not looking for an experience to make it happen. It's already done. When I was baptized, it was already done. Now I just need to know what I've already received in Christ. I'm not looking for it. I just need to preach to you and help you understand it's already been done. Hallelujah. It's already done. We just need to realize what we have. Then he says this, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but that he liveth, he liveth unto God. We are now alive unto God. We're saved, praise God, because we're saved. We're saved from the power of sin. In verse 11, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What am I supposed to think? How am I supposed to reckon my life that I'm dead to sin? 
That's the way I'm to live. I'm to constantly know that I'm dead to sin. Sin's not dead to me, but I'm dead to it. And when it rises up and says sin, I'm saying, who are you? I'm dead to you. I, I was set free from you a long time ago. You don't call the shots any longer. I've got a new, new master. I've got a new nature. It's the Holy Ghost in power. And he's the one that controls my life, not that old sin nature. Woo! But if we let the sin nature control us, then you have misery and despair and death in your life and you can't get the victory. And people come to the church and they can't get the victory because they've let sin control them. They've let the old nature call the shots. They've let the old nature tell them the, what to do next. Uh, they've given in to the passions and desires of the sin nature, and they can't get the victory. So God says, don't you know that you're dead to sin? Sin's not dead to you. You're dead to sin. Glory to God. The power of God. You know when Adam and me were in the garden? They ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, the devil said, or God said, that it was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said, when you eat it, you shall surely die. When they took the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, here's the thing. They did not have the power to resist the evil when it came. You hear me? They experienced evil now, and when temptation would come, they didn't have power over it. It dominated them. It controlled them. So they didn't know how. They didn't have power to resist the evil. And then they knew good, but they didn't have the nature or the power to do the good either. So there's a dilemma here. They can't stop sinning, and they can't stop, they can't do good. They don't have the power to. But God said, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to come inside of your life. I'm going to give you power to stop doing the bad, and I'm going to give you the power to do what's right. I'm going to live my life through you, and you're just automatically going to be under my control. We are controlled by something. This body is controlled by something. Whenever I lift my hand, something told my hand to do that. When I open my mouth, something told my mouth to open it, and it told it what to say. You're not just looking at a robot here. I'm under the control of something. And what is that something? It is a spirit. Everybody is controlled by a spirit. There's human spirits. There's demonic spirits. There's angelic spirits. And there's the divine spirit of God. And everybody is controlled by the human nature, the fallen nature. Or they are controlled by the Spirit of God Himself. Or they are controlled by demons. Or they are controlled or ministered to by angels. Amen. Who are you controlled by today? That's what God is talking about here. Because we are children of God, now we seek to glorify God. We seek to be controlled by God. We seek to live in a way that will please God. We seek to live victorious, praise the Lord, under His control. You've got to hear me. He said, 
Let not sin therefore reign. Don't let sin be king in your life. That means if he's saying don't let it, that means I can let it. Just because I'm a child of God doesn't mean that sin can't come back and control me. Because when I yield myself to sin and that old life, that old life's going to pick up his crown and he's going to put it back on his head and he's going to say, now I'm the king. You hear me? So he's telling us here, let me read it again, verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't let it control you, don't let it rule your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 13, look at it with me. Neither yield your members present your members hallelujah we know that God has saved us he's redeemed us by his blood and he's filled us with the Holy Ghost do you know that what do you do since you know that we know what his part was but what's my part my part is yielding to the right master my part is presenting myself to his control. It says, look, neither yield, nor present your members as instruments of unrighteousness. You see, the old sin nature can rise back up in your in my life and become king. And can use my life as a weapon of unrighteousness. Do you hear me? When it talks about an instrument there, it's talking about a weapon. You can be a weapon of unrighteousness, or you can be a weapon for God. Are y'all with me today? God says, don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. You don't have to give in to sin. But he says... Present yourselves, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Give yourself to God's disposal. Say, here I am, God. I'm yours. Use me, God, as a weapon of righteousness. I yield myself. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's yielding yourself to the control and power of God that you might be a weapon of righteousness in the hands of a righteous God. When you worship God, you're yielding your members as servants of righteousness and holiness, and you work with God, and God will use you. Woo! But it all depends on whose orders you're taking. What spirit is influencing you? Because a spirit is the one that's controlling your actions. Did you follow? Did you catch that? I don't, you don't do just what you do. You're not a robot. There's something moving you. There's something moving me. It's a spirit behind it. And I have to yield to the right Sir, master, because the master is the one that is 
moving me and controlling me. Come on. All right. He says this in verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know you not, listen, this is very, very important. Don't you know this? That to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Now listen to that. He's writing to Christians. He's not writing to the lost. He's writing to Christians. And he says, if you yield yourself to sin, you are obeying him as a master, and that will lead to death for you. If you yield yourself to God and walk holy and live righteously, you will have eternal life. But even as a child of God, you go back into sin, you go back in the world, you're going to be lost. You're going to die because you have become under control of the old man again. And you're no longer walking with, in living faith. People today live in a false security that they can walk out on God and still be saved. They can sin like they want to sin and still make it to heaven. I'm here to tell you God's word said to the Christian that if you yield yourself to sin, you will die. Hallelujah. Let me see. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin and death or obedience unto righteousness. Choose your master. You see what God has done? He gave you the choice. He don't make you live for him. He don't make me live for him. I can go out in the world this morning and sit away if I want to because he don't make me. But I choose to be a Christian. I choose to serve the Lord. I choose to live for God. I choose to stop sinning. I know he's given me power to live victoriously. I could not if I didn't have the power. But I still choose who my master is this morning. I chose who my master was when I got up to come to church. And so did you. You could have stayed home in bed. But you got up because you're saying now, my master is God. Praise the Lord. You choose your master. And who you choose, you're going to serve. They're going to control you. That's why you've got to be very careful who you allow to control you. There are human beings in this world. They are human spirits. And if you're not careful, those human spirits will begin to dominate you and control you. And if you're not careful, whoever you put your life in, in control of may be the person that destroys you. That can be friends. That can be family. That can be anybody in this world. And people will seek to control your life. And if you allow them to control your life, are you with me today? It can cause destruction in your life. You have to be very careful who you allow to touch you. Let me see. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You have to be careful who you allow to touch you. You have to be careful who you allow to, to influence your life. 
You have to be careful because they can, that spirit uh, is what moves you and controls you. And if you get in the presence of the wrong kind of people, then they will influence your life and cause you to be destroyed because you are controlled by a spirit. Come on, church. Listen to me. You have got to get to a place where you don't let what other people think you ought to be make you what you are. Did you hear what I said? Sometimes we live the way we think other people think we ought to be. That's not biblical. We got to live by God's command and by his control, not by what we think you think we ought to be. Praise God. Listen to me. As a child of God, you have to stand up for the word of God. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. You've got to stand up and you've got to follow God. Don't let somebody else put you in their mold. Are y'all with me this morning? After I studied this last night, I sat there and I said, God, there's still something you want to show me on this. I don't know what it is. I went to bed not having everything, and the whole God woke me up early this morning, and he began to show me. This is the way I want you to go here. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Ooh, somebody with me today? How can a person control? This human spirit had yielded himself to a devil. And that devil was speaking through a yielded human spirit. Peter was under the control of a devil there. And he spoke as a devil. And he said, Lord, you're not going to die. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, for you don't savor the things of God, but the things of the flesh. Did you hear what I said? You see, there are human, there are people, human spirits that will seek to divert your purpose in God. And if you yield your life to that human spirit, that human spirit will control you. And that human spirit could be controlled by the devil. And before you know, you've yielded yourself to the wrong individual. Hallelujah. Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he sits there and he begins to pray. And what does he pray as a man? He says, Lord, not my will... Not the will of this human nature, not my will, Lord, be done, but thy will be done. Oh, I want God's spirit to lead and guide me. I don't want my human flesh to call the shots. I want the spirit of God to lead me. Praise the Lord. The scripture tells me in the Old Testament that God would send his men to preach. Are you a man and woman of God? Anybody in here a man and woman of God? God would anoint his people, his body to preach. It's not just a preacher's deal, it's the body. And he, would, he has anointed this body to preach. He has anointed it to take the message of the gospel to the world. 
Now listen to me. When those men of God anointed control by the Spirit of God in the Old Testament would begin to preach, those people, the human spirits would rise up in them and they would try to control the prophet's message. You know how they would try to control the prophet's message? They would uh, harden their faces, the Bible said. And God said when they harden their faces, they're trying to control the words that you're preaching. Don't let that stop you from preaching. Hallelujah. He said, I'll make your head like a stone. Don't let their faces uh, stop you. I'm going to allow you to be anointed to preach to them. I've been in churches where the word's being preached, and they'll cross their arms like this, and they'll buckle up like that, and God will give you an anointing to raise up against that. What they are doing when they cross the arms like that is they're trying to control you by their human spirits. Do you hear what I'm saying? They'll cross their arms. They'll buckle up, bow back. They'll turn their heads down. They'll do everything you can imagine. But I'm telling you, you know what that is? That's their human spirits rising up, trying to influence and intimidate and control what's happening. But you've got to get to a point in your life where you don't care what people think. You want to be led by the spirit of the living God. And you got to get to a point where you say, not my will, God, but yours be done. If it means pain, if it means rejection, if it means loss, not my will, but yours be done, God. I refuse to be under the control of anybody that's not under the control of God. Did you hear what I said? Don't let anybody control you that's not controlled by God. Not my will, but your will be done. Not the will of the human spirit be done, God, but your will be done. An angel can come in your life. And you know why angels come? They're spirits that are sent to help you. What are those angels sent to do? They are sent to strengthen you in the will and the purpose of God. Why are demonic spirits sent? Because they want to control your actions and what you do. And they want to possess you. And they want to deter you from the will of God. Just like Peter yielded to the spirit. And that spirit tried to deter Jesus from his purpose and his plan and his destiny. That's what the spirits want to do to you. They want to divert your path. They want to get you off the road. They want to control your life. Here's the thing, though. We can yield ourselves to that influence, humanly, demonically, angelically, and divine. You yield yourself. You choose who you're going to serve. You choose the way you live. God said, choose you this day whom you will serve. The devil can't make you do it, and demons can't make you do anything, and people can't make you do anything, praise God. Only the spirit that you yield yourself to can control you. They have to have your consent before they can do anything. The drug addict has simply yielded himself to the wrong master. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The wrong controller. They're involved with the wrong controller. 
person that's in bondage today, whatever that bondage might be, it might be proper good things, but you can become bound to even good things. The Holy Ghost led me to this verse, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. Praise God. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. 612, I'm sorry. All things are lawful unto me. Paul says everything's lawful unto me. Now, he's not saying that even that which God has said is, that you can't do is lawful for him. You with me so far? But he's talking about things that God hasn't addressed in his word. Things that are, that are non-moral issue. That if you did, you wouldn't sin doing them. Praise God. All things are lawful to me. But all things are not expedient. All things are not beneficial. And I'm talking about things that aren't even sin. You with me so far? He said, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not beneficial. Hallelujah. Come on, church. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. There's an influence. There's a spirit behind what you do. Your actions are moving you. There's a spirit behind it. There's a power behind it. And you can yield yourself to things that are not wrong and become a slave to them. You can become a slave to food. You can become a slave to money. You can become a slave to people. You can become a slave to what people think about you. You can become a slave to your own thoughts and actions that are not wrong. You can be bound. But Paul said, I'm not going to be brought under the power of anything. What's going to control me, he says, is God. Hallelujah. Come on, church. God might come to you and tell you, give up that person. God might come to you and tell you, give up that, that occupation. Come on. God might come to you and tell you, I want you to move and go somewhere else. You with me today? He's done it to me. He said, give up that person. Boom, place him on the altar right now. It's my will. I placed him on the altar. He gave him back to me. But the first person he didn't give back, they were gone. Did you hear what I'm telling? trying to get you to understand here. One time, I, let me just give you a personal testimony here. I don't like to do that because I feel like I get all beat up when I do this. But I used to go work out sometimes in the gyms, you know. And I was really into that, man. I'd take the, all the drinks, protein drinks and everything else and work out and pump up and get as big muscles as I possibly could. And God told me, he said, I didn't call you to be a muscle man. I called you to be a preacher. I want you to go home and I want you to study. I want you to pray. I want you to learn my word. I want you to be built up in the spirit. And that guy... And that trainer at that particular gym. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with working out. You follow where I'm going here. There's nothing wrong with that. But that, and that trainer, that gym boy, he had his eyes. He wanted me to be a big old bodybuilder, you know. And I went to him. I said, no, God's called me to preach. I can't do this anymore. God told me not to. He said, why? Like I'm some kind of nut. 
There's nothing wrong with it. But God said, it's taking too much of your time. I called you to a higher purpose. I've got a destiny for you. You need to let that go so you can fulfill my plan. So you can be controlled by me. And that wasn't easy because I was really into it. So I said, okay, God, if it's your will, boom, I gave it up. And you know what? As soon as I did, I felt so good. Because I yielded to my controller. I gave myself to God, and I felt oh so good when I did it. But the devil will come to you and tell you, oh, you're going to lose something when you give that up. But if God's told you to do it, and you do it, you're going to be blessed. You're not going to fill a vacancy. You're going to fill a fullness. Hallelujah. And then maybe later on, God will tell you, it's okay. Go ahead and go work out. I don't care. I got, you did what I told you to do. Now it's okay. Go ahead. You follow what I'm saying? But the problem was, I began to be under the control of that thing. So he said, I will not be brought under the power of any. My, my, my. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to somebody. Who's calling the shots in your life? Who's manipulating your attitude? Who's controlling your attitude? There's always going to be somebody there that's going to try to make, um, uh, you know, lead and guide you, control your mind. Praise God. Now I've talked to you saints. Now let me talk to the preachers. We got any preachers here today? We'll tell you something. That's why we get, you have cults in the world today. Because you've got people who are controlled by men. Not men who follow Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You with me? You've got men, though, who stopped following Christ, and they've got a multitude of people that have joined themselves to these men, Jim Jones and David Koresh, and men like that who have controlled and manipulated the minds of the people, and they have completely come under their control, and they're not controlled by the Spirit and the Word of God, and they're not following those men as they follow Christ. They are controlled and manipulated, and those men tell them what kind of car to drive, what kind of home to live in, and what kind of clothes to to wear, and I'm not talking about ungodliness and godliness. I mean, we need to abide by the godliness and the godly clothes God describes for us. But I'm talking about just in general, them giving you everything on how you're supposed to walk, everything. How are you with me today? That's manipulation. That's control. That's not God. When they stand up and they preach the word of God, no matter how straight, follow the word of God and follow them as they follow Christ. But when they cross the line, you cannot allow yourself to be dominated and controlled by a person. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Know you not that whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Somebody comes in your life to influence you away from God, tell them, see you later. I'm not, I'm not, I got to clarify myself. I'm not talking about husbands and wives. I'm not saying that if your husband is not living for God, your wife's not living for God, that you say, see you later. No, we're not talking about that. 
praise God. I'm talking about your attitude. I'm going to serve God if you don't serve God. I'm going to live for God if you don't live for God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God if you don't do it. See you later. I'm going to church. You can live in the world and die and go to hell if you want to, but I'm going to heaven. I'm making God my king and making God my Lord. I'm not going to burn in the flame of fire of hell forever and ever and ever. I'm going to have eternal life. I'm not going to yield my body to serve sin and let sin take me to eternal destruction. I'm going to live for God if you don't. And you have to get to a point in your life, either your family's calling the shots or God's calling the shots. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'm not preaching something I haven't had to do myself. I've had to do it myself, praise God. But God is worth it. If you'll live for God when others won't live for God, you'll influence them to live for God. But if you go with them out in the world and they pull you away and they pull you down, you're going to be lost and they're going to be lost. You've got to be strong enough to yield yourself to thus saith the Lord. You've got to be strong enough to be true to God when everybody else is not true to God. Praise God. You ladies don't have to go in your house and preach to your lost husbands. Just live it before them. Be in the control of the Holy Ghost, and they're going to see it in your life. They're going to say, whoa, you know what? They want what you've got. God's woken, working on their end. Praise God. Whew, man. Verse 17. He says, but God be thanked. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Thank God that you were servants of sin no longer, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Some people say it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. That's a lie from hell. The Bible said you were saved from the power of sin by that form of doctrine that you received. What doctrine is that? The apostolic doctrine of the new birth. Doctrine does matter. It does. I said, doctrine matters. If it doesn't matter, the Bible said they obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered them. And that's why the Bible said that sin is no longer in charge. Praise the Lord. We got this philosophy that passes through the churches. Let's all just lay down our doctrines and let's all come together and let's love each other. Well, we need to love each other, but we don't lay down our doctrines that are in the Word of God. You don't throw the Bible out the door so you can have fellowship. You hear what I'm saying? Praise God. God's word is forever settled in the heavens. Because if you're not servant to the word, you're not serving the word, you're going to serve something. You're going to serve a philosophy of men. You're going to follow a philosophy of religion. If you're not following the religion of God, the true religion of God, you believe that? Say, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. No, you're not, no, you're not, no, you're not. You're a servant to a philosophy or sin or religion. You're not free. Woo! Praise the Lord. So I'd rather be a servant to the doctrine, the book, the word. 
You can't lose by following this word. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the man of men because of the affirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members to servants to unrighteousness, cleanness, uncleanness, and iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. It's all who you want to serve. It's all who you and I choose to serve. It's either the Lord and His Word or myself in somebody else's way. But we're servants to something. But here's the awesome thing about it. Is that when God saves you, He sets you free. <laughs> and what does He set you free to do? He sets you free to be a slave. He set me free to be a slave. Paul standing in front of those leaders, those kings, those rulers, chains on his hands. They looked at him and he said, man, this is a slave. Yeah, he's a slave to Jesus Christ. But they were a slave to their own passions and sin and destruction. And when Paul would stand there in chains, he would begin to preach to those men. And the Bible said those men would shake and they would tremble under the power of Almighty God. You see, he had chains on his hands, uh, but he was the one that was really, really free. They were the ones that had chains, really chains on them. He was free because he was free in Christ. Woo! For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. See, God doesn't take anything or show us anything in His Word and forbid us those things if they're good for us. If they're good for us, He's not going to withhold them. The Bible said He will withhold no good thing to them who walk uprightly. If it's good for you, He's not going to hold it back. If it's bad for you and it'll destroy you, he'll remove it. Or you have to give it up. Praise God. Remember when Peter was in prison? He got up. The Lord delivered him. He got up and walked out of prison. He was in chains. God set him free. Everybody in here is dealing with something. I'm not preaching to uh, somebody who's not here. Every one of us deals with something that seeks to bond us, bring us under bondage, and make us a slave. Hallelujah. But God is letting us know He came to set us free from those. If fear is trying to bond you, bind you, he came to set you free from fear. <clears throat> Addictions are binding you. You're a slave to them. You can't break loose from them. God came to set you free from that. He came to set me free from my evil nature. Everybody here is dysfunctional. Do you understand what I'm saying? You hear people say, psychologists say, well, you know, they're, they're from a dysfunctional family. The whole human race is. But God has come to give us power. And when you yield yourself to Him, He will control your life. 
That's what the whole Christian faith is about. And when I stand and preach, you know what I'm standing to do? I'm standing to say, say, let us know, God, what we already have in you. But now being made free from sin, the sin nature, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. You know where a yielded life is going to get you? Yielded to God is going to get you in heaven. You know where a yielded life to sin and, to sh and all of that go? It's going to take you to hell. You make the choice. I'm constantly telling my wife, forget it. Don't worry about it. Because, you know, she, she gets concerned about this person and that person and all of that, and they don't do this and they don't do that and all of this kind of stuff. And I said, forget it. Don't let them control who you are by their lack of consistency. Forget it. Just be an influence for good and for righteousness and for holiness and live for God and do the best that you can. But don't worry about what they're doing. Because then you become a slave to them. You with me? Praise God. I had to learn that myself. If I didn't, I'd have eat my guts out a long time ago. You with me? I've got to share this with you. We first got this church started about a year, year and a half into the church. We had a lady rise up on my trustee board, rise up to try to control me. If I'd have backed down, she would have controlled the whole situation from then on. You with me so far? Because I would not let her control me. I only yield myself to what God wants me to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? And she tried to control me in this situation. And I said, I'm not going to let it happen. And when I, she could not get the control over me, she tried to split this church. But thanks be to God, she didn't succeed. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? People will seek to control you, but you can't let it happen. You've got to say, whatever God's will is, that's what we will do. Hallelujah. Y'all with me? Praise God. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. That's to you and that's to me. If I go back in sin, I'm lost. People can come to church, speak in tongues all day long, praise and worship God, and then go out and live in adultery and live in fornication and all of that kind of stuff. That, that's not going to put you in heaven. Because the wages of sin is death. God's word says it. That's what we deserve. We deserve death. Amen. The wages 
the price of sin is death. But that's not the end of the story. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's unmerited. We don't deserve that. Now listen to me. You might be sitting there saying, I'm so wicked, I'm so bad. I've tried to change my life, but I couldn't do it. Could God care enough for me to save me? Yes, He can save to the uttermost them that call upon Him. If He can save Paul who wrote this, He can save you. Paul killed Christians. He persecuted Christians. He put them to death. He fought against God Himself, and God saved him. If God could do it for Paul, He can do it for you. Never let the devil tell you that you can't make it. Because this chapter says, thanks be to God. Because he's given me the power to live for him. I'm not doing it on my own. God's doing it through me. And when Jesus went in the Garden of Gethsemane, he bowed his knee. Sweat's falling from his brow like blood. His little veins in his, in his face there busted. And it mingled with a sweat and it fell to the ground. And he began to fervently pray. Fixing that, looking at the cross that was just awaiting him to die. And he says, not my will, but yours be done. And the only way that your will and my will comes under the authority of God is through prayer. It's saying, God, my will wants this, but God, let your will be done. Control me. I'm giving you myself. I'm yielding you myself right now, God. I'm worshiping you when I don't feel like it. I'm praying when I don't feel like praying, God. I want your will to be done, God. And if you'll pray like that, and God's power and His will will rise up in you. And you'll walk in that. And you'll walk victorious. I've got the victory. Do you have the victory? God gave me the power over sin and death. And now I just have to learn how to yield myself to Him. Praise God. 1 John chapter 2, and I close with this verse of Scripture. Who's controlling you today? What is controlling you today? Is it the Lord? Is it His Word? Who is it? 1 John chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins and saving us from them. There's hope. It's a message of hope. First John chapter 2, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. What do you do if you sin? You go to Jesus. You say, Jesus, plead my case. I confess my sin before you, Lord. What does the Bible say in verse 9 of chapter 1? If we confess our sins, notice John says we. He says if we. That's John. That's the whole church. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We all have a sin nature in us. You ever say you don't have a sin nature in you, you make God a liar. You do have a sin nature in you. And if you let that sin nature take you into sin, just confess it to God and He'll forgive you. He's faithful. He'll give you power over it. Amen? It's a message of hope. You know, God's grace is awesome. How many times we've failed. How many times we've yielded ourselves to the wrong controller. Amen. And you come back to the house of God and you say, Lord, forgive me. And boom, he forgives you and gives you power. <laughs> gives you anointing. Struggling with something in your life today? The presence of the Lord is there to give you strength. To bring you into victory. Thank you, God, for setting us free today. Oh, oh God. Setting us free from the control of the human nature and demonic spirits. And, and, and thank you for sending your angels to minister to us. And God giving us your divine spirit, God, to empower us. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus, all you have to do today is lift those shackled hands and say, Jesus, break the chains. It's all you have to do, and he'll break those chains. They'll fall off and you'll have freedom in Christ to serve Him. Free to live for Him the way that you're supposed to live. A love slave, a bond slave of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Glory. I'm going to close with this one last thing. You know, Jesus Christ went to Calvary as a bond slave. He went to Calvary as a love slave of the Father. He obeyed the law perfectly. He didn't have to go to Calvary. But the Bible says that the ear of that slave was opened up. They took Jesus Christ and they nailed him to a cross as a love slave when he could have gone free. He had served God perfectly. He had kept the law. He didn't just not break the law. He had kept it in his very being. And he could have gone home, could have gone into the heavens. He could have been received up into glory, the Bible says, when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. But he set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem as a love slave, willing to be, have his ear opened up to be pierced on that cross. He volunteered to go to Calvary. And we're called bond slaves, love slaves of Jesus Christ. And what we do, we do voluntarily. Thank you, Lord. We choose today to serve you because we love you. We appreciate you, God. We could never repay you, God, what you've done for us. But we can give you our lives, God, and be a love slave. Thank you, God, for your people, for your goodness and your mercy. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. Some of y'all, y'all have worried about your family. You've worried about this person. You've worried about that person. I'm here to tell you right now, don't worry about it. Forget it. Forget it. Your family's looked at your life, and you try to live for God. You live for God with all of your heart, and they think you've lost it. Forget it. Don't let them influence you. Don't let them control you. Forget it. You're in the control of the Spirit of God, the master controller. All you can do is pray for them, if, and that's it. Don't eat your heart out anymore worrying about them. Praise God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for every family member, every friend. In the name of Jesus, save them. Let us walk in freedom today, God. My, 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 my. I believe the Lord is setting, setting some people free here right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. When you feel that old spirit rise up in somebody to seek to suppress you, in the name of Jesus, pray, Lord God, arise. Rise up in me, Lord, right now. You're the master controller. Take control of this situation right now, God. Take control of my emotions, God. Take control of my thoughts, my words, God. Take control. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Amen. 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 Has this helped anybody? Has this blessed anybody? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're awesome in this place, Lord. You're awesome in this place. You're awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, help us, God. Help us. We're your people, Lord. Help us, God. We yield ourselves to thee, God, today to you, Lord, right now. Use us to be weapons of righteousness, God. This is something that will help you get to your destiny. These letters, C-A-R, will help you get to your destiny. Consecration, that means yielding yourself to God. Availability, availability to God. And R, restoration. When you fall, you stumble. Remember that God can help you get back up. Don't give up. 
He can restore you. Just be set apart, available, and believe He can restore. In the name of Jesus, that'll get you to eternity. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Let's stand and just clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank God for the victory. God bless y'all. Praise the Lord. We appreciate y'all. Thank God. Appreciate what God is doing in our church, in you and in us. Praise the Lord. Thank y'all. Howdy, God. Thank y'all for coming Friday night to the family night. Those of you that got to come, we had a lot of people. Went through 80 hot dogs just like that. Amen. I appreciate y'all are so good to us, to, to this family. Give my little girl all kinds of little toys and stuff just so she can drive mom and dad crazy with them. And, you know, we appreciate very much all of that. We want you to know we love y'all. Sister Cardoza had probably her house was ransacked, but God bless them for letting us go over there. Amen. We had a great time, man. Brother Cardoza uh, is a pyrotechnician, man. He's popping firecrackers and everything else and giving them to the children. <laughs> letting them. I'm saying, Lord, protect the children here. But he's a pyrotech, man. He's just, he loves firecrackers, and he had them all going. So we had a great time Friday night. We missed y'all if y'all didn't get to make it for whatever reason. But we love you. Y'all love this church very much, and thank God for what he's doing in, in y'all. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight. In Jesus' name.